Well, it's an honor to be able to speak with you this morning, and uh, I want to be sure to remember to say hello to all of the youth. We're missing the youth down here today. They're away at a youth retreat with uh, Pastor Tony and Haley along with the youth leadership. So everybody say hey. Hey, guys. We miss you. Hope you're having a great time there where you're at at uh, St. Simon's Island. But anyway, well, I'll tell you what. I want to just reiterate it one more time, and thank you again, Pastor. What a gracious uh, introduction. But I do wish I had time to tell my story. Sometimes, you know, we, we need to think back and, and remind ourselves of what God's done in our lives. Are, is anybody here thankful for what God has done in your life? I mean, isn't, isn't it amazing if you think about, isn't it amazing if you think about where you could have been possibly? And I just want to go ahead and say it today that there's some of you guys here today, right now, that you need to go ahead and put your faith in Jesus Christ and get on the right path. And that's literally what happened to me. And, and again, I, I don't have time to tell the story, but... Just just being a kid from, you know, just the other side of the other side of town or whatever and just responding to uh, the call of God or the relationship that God had for me. And and uh, it literally just was a decision I made in my heart to just I'm just going to give my life to the Lord. I'm going to quit running. I it was in all kind of trouble and mess. And it's just a long story. But anyway, God was gracious and God can put you on a brand new path. And uh, I'm just amazed when I stand up here, I, I have, my perspective's a little different than yours, and, and, and the worship team could attest for that as well, and the band. We, we look out and we see, and I tell you, there's just something powerful and amazing about when we collectively are in this place together, joining our hearts, and, and uh, you know, we, we worship and we sing and we lift up our voices to the Lord, and it's just, it's just wonderful to, to do that. And, uh, you know, just, again, just an amazing collection of people, one of the things that that makes New Hope so beautiful is just the collection of stories and backgrounds and ethnicity that we have here. It's just a beautiful picture. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we, we have some we have some very smart people uh, here at New Hope. Um, in fact, I don't know if you anybody involved in social media at all. Anybody do like Facebook or any of those kind of things like that? Um, we, we just uh, we have some uh, we have some some pretty amazing people. Matter of fact, I just every now and then you ever just kind of like check the feed on Facebook, kind of see what's going on. I don't I don't really post much on there, but I like to kind of see what's going on. Um, we have I had a couple of couple of things I, I found here. Just happened to see this. This is from Ray Baird. He wasn't able to be with us, but here's some knowledge that he came up with. Scientists have grown human vocal cords in a petri dish. The results speak for themselves. Isn't that good? That's some good wisdom. I'm, we, we're just blessed with people. I'm, I'm thankful that people put this kind of stuff on Facebook because it's helpful to me, you know, and encourages me and my growth. So um, that's awesome. So I think we have, can we have another one? Oh, yeah, here, here's one. Uh, Jesse Jerry Pafford's name up there for some reason. How do you count cows with a calculator? Jerry, thank you. I don't know if you posted it or not, but it's on your site. And just, again, just a collection of very intelligent people here. Do we have any more? We have one or two more? Oh, here's one. Look at that. Tracy Doan. Is she in the room? There she is right there. Right there in the front. All the smart people sit up toward the front. Jerry Pafford's over here in the front. Tracy's right here. Look at this. The inventor of the throat lozenge has died. There will be no coffin at his funeral. That's terrible. It's awful. And I think we have maybe one more, I believe. Oh, this is a little bit long. Any, any, uh, anybody been to the Super Bowl? Anybody ever been to the Super Bowl? 
Nobody, check this out. This is very interesting. I wish I could, look at this. Okay, football fans, my cousin, this is from Frank Scott, by the way. Okay, football fans, my cousin has two tickets for the 2017 Super Bowl, Falcons versus New England in Houston, both box seats. He paid $2,500 for each ticket, but didn't realize when he bought them last year that it was going to be the same day of his wedding. That's terrible. If you are interested, he is looking for someone to take his place. The wedding is at the house of Hope Baptist Church at 3 p.m. Her name is Michelle. She is 5'6", about 135 pounds, a good cook, and she loves to cuddle. She'll be the one in the white puffy dress. Enjoy. That's terrible. That's terrible. Also, by the way, Pastor Bowen mentioned I went to Lee College, now Lee University. That's where I met my beautiful wife, right there on the front seat. So thankful for that. That's, what, that's one of the reasons I went, actually, and um, was to find her. And she's been a real blessing. I know she's also been concerned or nervous that I was going to tell some cheesy jokes. So I'm done now. I'm not going to do anything else. But seriously, I do have a, I have a simple message for you today, but it, it, it's a message. And I believe it's very important, a very important message. Um, as you know, Pastor Bowen start, started off the new year. Uh, he told us in the uh, staff meeting, he said, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to kick this year off. We're going to begin to rebuild. That's why we have this giant circle back here behind me with the 52 rise and build on it. And this is going to be a great year. He, he started us off on New Year's Day. I know everybody wasn't able to be here, but he started that off and then spoke the consecutive week. And then Pastor Reagan spoke. And then last week we had the uh, thrill of listening to Pastor Tony just throw it down to a phenomenal job. And so Pastor Bowen was speaking to all those that were 50 years old and older. And then uh, Pastor Reagan speaking to 40s and 30s and on down a little bit. Pastor Tony talking to some of the younger people. Pastor Bowen asked me to speak to those who may have abilities or gifts in whatever area. You see us up here Sunday in, Sunday out with a, a fantastic team. Um, I, I really say this wholeheartedly. These guys that serve up here are just some of the most down-to-earth, wonderful, nice people that you'll ever be around. And it's an honor, honor to serve with them. But so every one of these segments is really to everybody because we're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. And, of course, since I'm the worship pastor here, I've got to speak a little bit to you about worship, all right? But here's the thing, and, and uh, Pastor Reagan made reference to this, early this earlier this morning, is that, you know, worship takes place in, in different ways, and that's true. But, but we're talking about two distinguished things here. Two, let me differentiate the difference between corporate singing as worship and worship as as. Uh, as it pertains to a lifestyle. Because worship isn't so much about something that we do, but it's about someone that we are. It's not so much about something that we do, but it's about someone that we are. Now, we'll say this, that worship evokes a lot of different responses at a lot of different levels, okay? So worship, I can, I can say this very, very uh, confidently, that one of the aspects of worship is worship kind of, displays itself in serving. That's an aspect of worship. Uh, worship, um, you know, presents itself in a lot of different forms. I think that uh, when I think about worship, let's just start from the beginning. Let's talk about worship, in fact, as far as worship. Let's talk about the definition of worship, what it is and what it isn't. Let's just start there. At least if you could put that up. So worship, 
what it is and what it isn't. Well, let's first of all start with the definition. It's going to create a little groundwork here. Worship, the definition of it is to ascribe worth. It's very simple, to ascribe worth. That's an aspect of worship, to ascribe worth. If something is valuable or, or has worth, you want to, to treat that in such a way that that's represented. Now, the Hebrew denotes the thought to bow. The Hebrew denotes the thought to bow, literally posturing oneself. And you see the physical manifestation of it, but you also see the posture of the heart represented in that. The attitude of, of being willing to bow my heart, my thoughts, my emotions, my desires, to curb them so that Jesus Christ is, I'm lined up vertically with Jesus Christ being the center of my attention as I look to him for everything. So I would ask this question. Just think about it. Worship. Where would you say, if you could think about where worship might be represented in the Old Testament? If you think about Old Testament and worship, where do you think worship's represented? Well, I think one, one uh, calculation we can make, we see worship represented in the, in the uh, book of Psalms. A lot of, a lot of renderings of, 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 of songs and, and words that have been penned very poetically. Worship, worship, we see that. We see a uh, beautiful display of worship in, in the Old Testament. Let's go ahead and move to the New Testament. Where would you think or what, what idea would you have of worship in the New Testament? Where do you see worship taking place in the New Testament? Now, you have to think about that a little bit more. To think about that a little bit more, because let me let me say this: that I think worship exemplified in the New Testament is best represented by a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Worship is best represented by a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Well, what do you mean by that, Steve? I'm saying this: is that Jesus Christ was obedient at every level to the will of the Father. I can't think of a better representation of worship than a person who has set their faith and set their heart, set their intentions and set their mind on the desire to serve and to be obedient to the will of the Lord in their lives. Amen. I think that epitomizes worship. Um, let's see what Jesus himself said about worship. Let's look at uh, some scripture here. This is what Jesus said about worship in John 4:23 and 24. And this is what he said. He says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now, I want to make, a, I want to make a, a, a declaration here or make a point here about something. This is what Jesus said about worship. He said, true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. That is weighty. That's very weighty because Jesus said it himself. Now, here's the thing about that. If we relegate or diminish worship to only a corporate gathering of singing, that we're going to miss the complete point of what worship's about. This is a part of it. This is an element of it. But let me say this about uh, our gatherings together and our corporate worship. I've been doing this for quite a while now. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that because we are uh, created by the Father, fearfully and wonderfully made, designed very specifically, we are created as emotional beings. 
we, we can express joy and laughter and sorrow and crying and weeping. And so we need to take into account that this doesn't say by feelings and emotions. This says that the true worshipers worship in spirit and with the truth. And we're also promised the fact that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth, which, which tells me that there's a relationship to be had and there's a voice to be heard, the presence and the Spirit of God. In fact, I would even say I can absolutely clarify the fact that Jesus epitomizes worship relationally in the fact of his constantly breaking away, breaking away, getting away, and listening, and listening, listening to what the heart and the will of the Father was. Because he went on to say that I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I, the Father would have me to say. Now let me say something that, that's a little bit, this, this, is, this is kind of, uh, if I may be bold, sort of a mature word, and you, I think you'll understand this. Jesus died for us because he loves us, no doubt about it. But let me tell you one of the main reasons why Jesus went to the cross. It's because of his love and obedience to the Father. Do you get that? He did that because of love. He did that because of love. Love compels us to do things. Love compels us to be obedient. And Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If, we, if you remain in me, he goes on to say, that you will be obedient. It's not because you will be obedient. It's because it's just going to be a byproduct of your life. That's the worship lifestyle. It just happens to flow out of you to be obedient to the Lord and bring him honor and glory. And that's what we see exemplified in the life of Jesus. He didn't want to do anything outside of what the purpose and the will of the Father was for his life. And we can, we can draw conclusions from that. As, as it relates to worship, that yes, it's a wonderful thing when we come together and we, we gather together in the name of Jesus and we lift up our hearts and we lift up our hands and we collectively embrace him. And that is a powerful aspect of worship. I'm going to touch on that in just a moment. But the heart of the matter is a life that's yielded and surrendered to the Lord that will obey him and follow after him and bring honor to him. Amen. Um, we were talking, any of the guys from our, our connect group here today, we got some, yeah, I see you guys. We got some rowdy guys in the, in our connect group. And we were, we were talking about some of this on Wednesday and, um, you know, it's, it's one thing when, uh, we, we come together, uh, in collectively joining our hearts and our, our thoughts together and worship and singing. But it's another thing when we realize that we are literally, the representatives or representation of God himself. I had, I had someone say to me one time that um, there was a lady who had been visiting here. It's been years ago. She came, uh, been attending for some time. And she told me, she said, you know, I came, I was looking for a church. I went to a various number of churches and was looking around. And um, when I just, when I came into New Hope, I just realized that, uh, man, it's just something here. It's just like a life giving something that was here. And, she said, I got to thinking about it, and she realized, she said, I knew the Spirit of God was here, and she said, but it was because of the people. It was because of the people. And when we recognize and realize that, yes, we collectively together, we collectively together represent Jesus, and the Bible even speaks of the fact that 
His presence and His glory is contained in these jars of clay. His presence and His glory is contained in these jars of clay. So when we come together, yes, something powerful is going to happen. Something very wonderful can happen. And again, as I look out across this congregation, I realize... I realize that we all come from different, like I said, different stories and different backgrounds with different narratives taking place. But again, worshiping in spirit and in truth, worshiping in spirit and in truth, not feelings and emotions. I'm I'm reminded of Isaiah in chapter six, when he said in the year of King Uzziah, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. High and lifted up in the train of his robe filled the temple. And you go on to see this beautiful litany, this, this, uh, this wording uh, written in such a way where that uh, he was gripped by an encounter with, the, with God himself. He had a literal encounter with God himself. This goes beyond just emotion. I'm sure there was emotion there. But he had an encounter with God himself. And when he did... It's beyond emotion. It's when the truth begins to be revealed. When you encounter the true and living God, that's when truth really begins to be revealed. And here's what I'll say. I was going to say this earlier. Sometimes when we gather together and we sing and we worship, and again, I've been doing this a long time. We have a tendency, you know, if it, if it happens to be that song that we really like or whatever or something, and, and that's fine. You know, we are emotional beings. But let me say this. I've seen numbers of people that you, we can have an emotional response because of music. It's powerful. Go to a movie. Go to an epic film with the, with the ending, the, the crescendo of the ending, and let there be no music in it. Be flat. Be terrible. So mu- music moves us emotively but it's possible to come into a setting like this and feel something emotionally and even have tears and only be moved at an emotional level you hear what i'm saying and not realizing the fact that god yes he's stirring your emotions but it's not to stop there it's go it's going to go on and have an encounter and realize and recognize the fact of encountering a true and living God. Who's, it's not to f- make you fearful or, or to be afraid, but it's to say, to let you know, hey, I love you. And you don't have to live in this mess. You don't have to be this way. That's what happened in this passage of Scripture. He confesses when he encounters God. He said, woe is me. I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a man of unclean lips. And what, is, what does this show us? He confessed the area of his uh, failure and his weakness. When he confessed it, he wasn't met with judgment. He was met with redemption that's represented in the, the angel that took the coal off the altar and brought it over to him and touched him on the place of his lips, the place where he confessed the place where he confessed that there's so many of us, if we just be honest when we encounter, when God is stirring us, that we would move from emotion to spirit and in truth, to spirit and in truth. I, I beg you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, don't leave here today. He has a purpose. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen. I'd like to use a um, an illustration, very simple illustration, just to kind of kind of represent where where we where we kind of are where we may be um any sports fans here 
sports fans, basketball, football, football, uh, Super Bowls next week. We just had some exciting games over the last few weeks. Uh, baseball, you know, just a variety of sports. I'm going to use a baseball illustration. Um, I don't know how many like baseball, but I heard about this guy. His, he had a friend that just loved baseball, loved baseball. And his friend had invited him to a baseball game over and over and over again. Come on, go to the game with me, man. It's going to be fun. You'll enjoy it. And the guy said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to go. Not a, eh, I don't really, I'm not a big baseball fan. But the guy kept asking him, you know, all season long, come on, man, go to a baseball game with me. And the guy finally gave in, okay, uh, I get, man, I, I, got a, I got your ticket, no problem, but just go, just come with me. The guy said, okay, I'll go. So they go to the game, and they're sitting up in the upper decks, nosebleed seats. And the uh, guy wasn't really getting into it too much. He's going, he's going on. And uh, after a little while, seventh inning, eighth inning, right about the ninth inning, things start to happen, and the home team starts to, uh, to catch up. They had been behind, and they catch up, and there's tied, and it's two outs, and it's the bottom of the ninth, and all of a sudden, bam, you hear the crack of the bat in the bottom of the ninth, and the home team hits a home run, and the place goes wild. And the guy's, he's like, man, this, that, yeah, this, this is, that was fun. And, he, and the friend said, well, would you like to go again with me? Yeah, I think I would go. I would like to go with you again sometime. And so the guy goes again, and he, and he goes again, and he goes again. And the next thing, you know, he's, he's really started to enjoy baseball. He's like becoming a baseball fan, and he likes it. And, and so much so that he, instead of the cheap seats up in the, the upper deck, he's, he's moved down to the, to the lower deck. I don't, know, I don't even know how much seats down there cost, probably $80, $85 or so. He moved down to the lower deck, and now he's bought a jersey, and he's, he's really into the game. He's really into the game, and so you see the progression of how he came from not liking baseball at all to being in the upper deck, and now he's down right in the midst of everything. And then the next step he takes is he he likes baseball so much he can't. He's too too far along in life. He can't be a, a professional baseball player, but he can play softball. So he joins a softball team, and now he's out he's out doing the game, playing the game on the field. He's taking the field. He's out there involved. And I've got a little picture here, illustration, uh, interesting that Pastor mentioned that I'm from St. Louis because this is the St. Louis Cardinals baseball stadium. And it's one of those, I've been to games there, and it's, it's one of those iconic stadiums if you get to go. It just has that feel about it, right? If you've ever been to, a, to Wrigley Field Cubs, uh, I know there's some Cub fans in here, and then also our New York Yankees, have you ever been there? But that arch that Pastor mentioned, in fact, just a side note, if you, go, if you were to fly right through that arch and just turn to the left just a little bit and go about five miles, that's where I grew up at. And my mom still lives there. She still lives in the same house I grew up in. But I noticed something when I found this picture, and I just wanted to use this as an illustration. Notice something about that picture that I found. Look at the lower, look at the lower seating down there and look at the upper seating. Notice that? Look at all the people that already have filled in filled in the, the lower decks down there, and there's, there, the seats up in the upper deck is still not filled in yet. Well, reason for that is because those people aren't really as invested or interested, maybe, so to speak, as the rest of the folks are. You, you, can, you can take that down now, Alicia. Thank you. So it kind of it exemplifies kind of life for us in a, in, a, in a great number of ways. It could kind of be like this here today. So I look around this room. I look all the way back there in the ba uh, lower balconies over there and to the back over here and the back over here. And I look, I see all these folks up here. And I, some of you guys I know. Some of you I don't know. Some of you I know pretty well. Some of you I don't know at all. 
And uh, I just, again, I look at this collection of people, and I, I kind of wonder where are we all at? So that's the question I want to ask you today. As Pastor had asked me to just kind of share a challenge with you and in, in, in being involved and in serving and helping. Um, you may not be able to... Uh, you know, you may not be able to serve in a, a capacity that, that requires a lot of time, or you may not feel you have a specific gifting or calling, but there's something that all of us can do at some level. And I'm aware of the fact, I know that we, we, are, we all are at different levels. There's some of you here today, you might be visiting, welcome again, as we keep saying, welcome, welcome. You might be here for the first time, or maybe you've been here for just a little while, I don't know how long you've been attending New Hope. I don't know if you consider New Hope to be your home church or not. But you're at one of these levels. You're possibly an outsider or an upper decker. Let me use that term. You're an upper decker. You come to church. Maybe you came here because a friend invited you. A family member kept asking you, asking you, asking you. you you're here. You came. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you've been in the upper deck for a while. You've been in the upper deck for a while. Maybe you've been here long enough that you've moved from the upper deck. You're like, hey, yeah, I kind of I I feel like I fit here. I feel like there's something I can contribute. So now you've moved on down and you've, you've invested in being a part of the lower deck. You've got a jersey. You serve at some particular level. You might be serving in, in, in some capacity here in church. Maybe you're a, an usher or a greeter or something. You're doing something more than just attending. Or maybe even further, you're, you're actually, uh, you've actually got involved in the game itself. You're in the playing field. Man, you want to be challenged. You want to, be, you want to find a place where you can do more in some capacity. You may, may not even know what that necessarily is right there. But that's the thing about vision. As we grow, there's going to be new things that, are, that flourish that's going to need you. God's positioned you for such a time as this. And so I'm asking you this, and I'm just going to be very bold with you. I'm just going to challenge you this morning. Evaluate and think about where you're at today as relates to the vision of the church and what we're doing. Pastor's made it very clear. He wants us to, to arise and build, to get involved. Well, what does that mean? That can be a little bit ambiguous sometimes. What does that mean? arise or rise up and build. Pastor's made it clear that the vision that, that the Lord gave him so many years ago was to rise up and take the city. Well, what does that mean? We're asking you to serve. So we've gone through several weeks now. What does that mean? We don't want to be ambiguous about it. What does it mean to serve? Well, let's talk about the vision a little bit because vision in and of itself means you can see something. You can see something. And I just want to create just a little picture for you and this, this connects with everybody, whether you're 50 and older, whether you're 40s, 30s, whether you're 20s, whether you're a young person. It, it relates because here's the thing that we're asking for you to do. Look at where you're at and be willing. Even if you're at a place right now where you're an upper decker, maybe you feel like an outsider, just be willing to take that next step. Just be willing to take that next step. You may say, Steve, look, you don't understand something. And I look out across this congregation often, and I realize, I know for a fact, there are many of you today that, man, you're just, you're just doing good to get by. You're like, you're asking me to serve? You're asking me to do something? You don't know, Steve, but, man, I, I'm just doing good to keep my head above water. I'm just doing good to get by. I'm, my life's a wreck. I know there's some of you out there today. I know there's some of you out there today, but I've got good news for you. There's hope, and there's newness waiting for you. And maybe you just need to just quit trying so hard in your own strength and just call upon the name of Jesus. Just call upon the name of the Lord and let him be your hope and let him be your strength. 
But there's others of you that, you know, it's time. It's time that we say, yeah, I can, I can, I can take that next step. What's that next step going to be for me? So as we look at the different categories and different age groups and all of the different things that we, that we can bring, I know there's probably some of you out there today that may have certain giftings, maybe you're musical. I, I, from time to time, I have people come up and come, come to find out they're a fantastic musician or fantastic singer, and I find out they've been attending service for a couple years. And sometimes, you know, you may be here, maybe you just needed the time to come in and just kind of, you know, maybe you've been serving somewhere. I don't know. Well, I don't know what your story is. Maybe you're tired. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But to be able to come in together and collectively um, join our hearts together to create this, to help, to help bolster and to help enforce and to help make this vision happen. See, the building of the wall in Nehemiah took people li- physically lifting bricks. It wasn't ambiguous or, or kind of out there thing. The, the task at hand was clear. Well, what's our task and what's one thing that we can do? I would say this this morning. One of the things that you can do from, from, a, from a perspective is when you come into this place, whether you're an upper decker or you're a, a, a you know, lower deck, on the playing field, wherever you're at, is just do this one thing. And, and you guys are, are overall great about this. Is co- Be intentional and be willing to collectively or to intentionally uh, engage and participate in this gathering because this this may not sound very spiritual but it's just a fact the there's something about the the environment when everybody is set their heart and their mind and their attention and they're in one mind and one accord for one purpose and that's to glorify Jesus Christ do you hear what I'm saying okay now I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest again is it okay I told the I told the guys in the in our connect group I was going to bring a big old giant wad of ten dollar bills and every time I heard amen, I was going to oh there's one right there, uh, I was going to give out ten dollar bills. Well, somebody's already said that I owe them two hundred dollars from the first service, so I may have to go to the ATM just after service. But but uh, you know just listen just hear just hear my heart just hear my heart in this. Um, you know we have the opportunity to come together. And join our hearts together in corporate worship. And for a great, to a great extent, the environment that's here is, is really greatly due to your responsibility. You know, I, we can come up here and we can sing and we can lead and we can say, Our God awesome is here and he reigns. We, and I, you know, we're, I'm like, oh man, God is so awesome. I think about what he's done in my life and how he changed me and got me on the right path and my, everything's different. And, or, or I could just say, I could just be kind of looking around. You know, not really contributing. Right? But when every, think about it, when everybody in one heart and one mind and one accord intentionally says, no, I'm going to that place for that reason. And we see this happen in events. Has anybody ever been to like a worship concert, an event? I know some of you have because I know some of y'all. And then you go and everybody's there for that one purpose. Everybody's there for that one event. It even happens when there are certain speakers that you really like. Everybody's there for that one personality, right? And everybody gathers together and everybody's all charged up and excited. But in a situation like this, we have upper deck, lower deck, play and field people. I get that. It's okay. All right. Let's just get that out there in the open. I realize that some of you here today are attending New Hope and that you, you decided 
yesterday or this morning maybe that I'm going to attend church today. And that's where you're at. You're kind of outside upper deck. Let's, let's, move, let's move on down, all right? I get that. But every single person in here, every single person in here could just do this one thing. To make it about one thing and one person, and that's Jesus Christ. Make it about one thing and one person, that's Jesus Christ. I keep, I keep walking over on this side. I'm going to walk over here. Make it, about, make it about one person and one thing. Make it about one person and one thing, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, let me, let me, just, let me just kind of create vision for you. If, you. if you can see this, because again, vision relates to seeing something. Can you just imagine if somebody, an outsider comes in, you invite somebody or your aunt or uncle invited or you, you know, somebody from work. They come into this place and when they walk in the back door, they see everybody collectively, whether you like raising your hands or not, but engaged with your heart tuned in and your faces up, thinking about the words that we're singing. You're like, oh, yeah, I serve an awesome God, rather than just kind of looking around and attending church. Can you imagine what kind of environment this would be? Can you see it? Can you see it? If that side was completely filled up, that side was completely filled up. Come on, look at it. Look at it with your heart. Look at it with the eyes of your heart, because that's where we're going, and that's what we need to do. And it can happen if we'll all collectively get involved and do our part. And people walk in and they see this group of people representing Jesus Christ. They say, oh, wow, like that lady told me, wow, the Spirit of God is here. That so much happens because of the people. You ever been to a party and it's real quiet? Is it the person that said come over for a party's fault? No, they've made a place for it. They made, they made place for it. They made place for it, but if the people at the party don't participate, that's almost like Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. If the people at the party don't participate, hello, what kind of party is it going to be? The party's in the people to a great extent. And here's how you can play a part. If your schedule won't allow you to go down to the bridge on Saturday, if you can't be a greeter, if you can't, whatever it is, you can come in. When you walk in that door on Sunday morning, you can say, man, I'm going into that place and I'm going to set my heart and I'm going to set my mind on what's going on in there. And it's about one thing. It's about Jesus Christ and him lifted up. It's about Jesus Christ and him lifted up. It's about Jesus Christ and him lifted up. It's about him being the Lord. And him being honored as the Lord in my posture, in my thoughts, in my thinking. Because come on, we can all come in here, have something going on in our lives, something on our minds, somebody, something somebody said to you. You wouldn't believe sometimes the things people tell me like right before I come up on the platform. You know, we all experience it. We, we, we have that happen. And it's, it's just one of those things that we have to, to recognize. And I, I just want to... Uh, um, Getting ahead of myself a little bit here. Well, let me just refer to one passage of Scripture. I'm just going to have to skip over just a couple little parts. This is Romans chapter uh, 12. Here's one of the things that we can do to help tune our lives, tune our hearts. And this is what it says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. I'm just going to leave it right there. Just leave that up for a second if you don't mind, Alicia. I'm just going to use that one, that one, that first verse there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies 
as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. In one version, in, in the older NIV translation, pre-2011, it says this is your spiritual act of worship. The latter version says this is your true and proper worship. Worship, Your spiritual act of worship. You want to be spiritual? You want to worship? Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. One of the guys in our small group, uh, connect group on Wednesday made a comment about this. Said that the Old Testament economy required an offering of a life and it costs something. In the New Testament, New Testament economy, it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice of praise. Amen. And again, um, by the way, this is, this is not something I normally do, but this has been coming into my heart and my mind for some time over to, this has been going on for some off and on for some weeks. I, I, I don't have a, I don't have, I don't know a name. I don't know a person. I don't know a scenario, but somewhere over on this side, over this way in this collection of people back here, there's, there's somebody or maybe even more than one that you have been, um, living in such a way that you don't think there's any hope for you to get out of some stuff you're involved in. Nobody knows about it, but I, I just want to tell you, I don't, I feel drawn to this side often during worship. And this is what comes up in my heart. Don't know who you are. So don't, you're not being outed in any kind of way, but the Lord loves you and the Lord knows you and you've not went too far. And it's not too late for whoever it is over there. Maybe more than one. It's not too late. Jesus loves you. And he's got a brand new life waiting for you. He's got a brand new life waiting for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I've got one other little section I just want to share real quickly and we'll, we'll wrap it up. If you would, um, Alicia, I'm going to move to the, to the last part. Uh, follow along with me. This is in... Um, um, Exodus. I'm just going to skip down to Exodus. If you if you have a Bible or phone, you want to read along with me. And this we should have it up on the screen. This is Exodus 17:10 and 11. Now, talking about worship, talking about worship, an element of worship uh, in in a, in a sense of collectively coming together, doing our part, is the, the lifting of our hands. And this is what it says in Exodus 17:10 through 11. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till Joshua or till sunset and then Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. This is a beautiful picture. I just want to encourage you. One of the things that you might could do is consider lifting up your hands from time to time. And it may sound, sound like a random thing for me just to all, all of a sudden segue into, but there's a couple of other scriptures in Psalm 63 it talks about how that um, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with, a sing with singing lips. My mouth will praise you. In verse 4, it says, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalms 141 says, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. When my prayer, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Isn't that beautiful? Let, let, may the lifting up of my hands be like the living sacrifice. 
I just bring this point out for this one reason. If you think about it on an international basis, on an international basis, think about the lifting up of the hands. What two things could you think of that would come to mind as pertains to the lifting up of your hands? Internationally recognized. One is an example of victory. Of great triumph when, a, when, a, when one army conquers another army and a battle has ensued and there's victory has been won. You'll see this a lot of times. You see it in the movies. Of lifting of the hands. Victory. We won. Sports. Football. Touchdown. Lifting up of the hand. Touchdown. We win. Victory. What's another example of international symbol of, of this? You say, All right, man, listen to you guys. Surrender. Surrender, surrender, and all of you that, that's here today, no matter where you're at, think about this. Think about this powerful element, surrender, that when you lift up your hands before the Lord, when you lift up your hands, you're saying two things at the same time. I surrender and I have victory. I surrender and I have victory. I surrender and I have victory. I have victory and I surrender. All because of what Jesus has done. It's through him. Amen. And I just want to say as well, as pastor has, has challenged us, you know, and again, I, here I go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm just going to say it. All of us who have been walking with the Lord for any length of time, if you, you know, you may be 50 or plus and you may not have been walking with the Lord for very long. So I gotta under, we got to take that into consideration. But if you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to catch, when you catch hold of the vision and you see what we're trying to do is to come alongside. In this scripture of, with Joshua, it says that Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. You see, Moses was up there, but Aaron and her went to him. They went to him. They did, he didn't have to call them or try to get them in line. They went to him when they saw there was something that was needed. All of you that have been serving the Lord for any length of time, when you understand what the vision is, we should come alongside and say, hey, what do I need to do to help this? Not what do I want. Did you hear me? I'm, I'm speaking a bold word right now. Not what do I want. Not what is it that makes me happy, but I've been walking with the Lord for a little while, and I see the bigger picture, that there's other people that are lost, that are outsiders, that need to be on the inside, and it's not about me right now. It's about me coming alongside. I've got a little bit of maturity in my life. I've been walking with the Lord for a little while, so I'm willing to lay that down. I tell you what, I'm so blessed when I see people like buddy, Brother Eddie Collier, man. He was uh, led singing, if I understand correctly, back uh, at the Crawford Avenue days. And sometimes when I go back there among the youth, I see Brother Eddie back there. It's, it's loud, and, and they're going after it. And, and there's Brother Eddie praying and interceding over those young people. Man, could I be like that? When I, well, I want to be like that someday, to be able to say, I've, had, I've, I'm, I've been walking with the Lord. This isn't about me right now. My part is to come alongside, not wait to be asked, but see the need. And I'm going there. I'm going to lift up your hands. I'm going to lift up this situation. Here, sit down. Sit down and let me take your hands and lift them up. That's the part that all of us can play. And let me tell you something. When you come into this place and you're intentional about your worship, you're intentional about what it means to be connected to other people. 
Man, I, I just the scripture came to me from uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16. It's, it's speaking of, let me just real quick, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, Paul, there's a situation going on. There's a situation going on. There's an argument going on because of, you know, uh, Apollos and Paul. And he says, you know, you guys are fussing and arguing. Why are there divisions in the church? Why is this grumbling and, and nonsense taking place? He says, I received a letter. I found out about this, and now he's addressing it. There's divisions among you, and there shouldn't be. He's calling for unity. And he goes on to say, and there's a distinction here between uh, what's said here about, he says, you yourselves are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a distinction. He says that later, but in the context, if you read this in the context of what he's been talking about, he's talking about them collectively as a church at this time. He's saying, you yourselves are the temple of the Holy Spirit because, you see, they were in Corinth. They were bombarded with all kind of Greek philosophy and all kind of different things in the world and paganism and worship of other gods. And the church was new and there was all of this, this stuff going on. And he wanted them to know, you got to get a hold of yourself. you got to realize, put this nonsense down. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. See, that's the thing about it. The Lord, the Lord loves unity more than you being right about something. There's people all over churchdom today that walk around and they want to be right about something. When all along the Lord Jesus is calling us to unity and Paul's trying to address it. He says, look, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. This place of worship where you guys are gathering here in Corinth. You need to understand that this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where what's represented is the kingdom of God, not the principles of the world. Now, later in chapter 6, he talks about the fact that you... You are the, that's true, it's both. We individually are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we also here are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank God there's lots of other churches. Thank the Lord there's other churches all around the area that are doing great things. They all have their personality. They all have their own, they all have their own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They all have their own niche, their own flow. We should celebrate that. We should celebrate that's one of the things represented with the bridge. We have so many different churches that can come together, literally bridge together. But let's recognize the fact that we're the people of God. We're the church of God gathered here in the name of Jesus. I don't care what background you come from. If you're Methodist, Catholic, Episcopalian, whatever. When we come here together, church, let's be intentional. And let's make this environment such a place where I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to lift up my hands. That song says something about lifting up my hands. I'm going to lift up my hands. That song said something about I want to bow, so I'm going to bow. And let's help create the vision. Let's be the vision. Let's be the builders. We can do so much by just starting right here in these right here. And these seats where we stand and sit every week, we can do so much. Amen. Amen. Let's if y'all would stand with me today. I I, I wholeheartedly want to want to do this. As we leave, I'm just going to say a closing prayer. But I know there's some of you here today that need to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some of you that are not having been walking with Jesus like you should. There's some of you that know it. You know it. You know where you're at. You know where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front. I gave my heart to the Lord by myself. I was by myself. And I made a decision in my heart to serve Jesus. And I've never turned back from that. I was 19 years old. 19 years old. 
after being in every kind of mess and problem and stuff you could even imagine. 19 years old, give my heart to the Lord. And I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm not afraid to challenge you. I'm challenging you. Come on, get with it. Give your heart, give your life to Jesus. Don't leave here. Don't leave here without doing that.